Good afternoon, Mr. Bello. We waiting on hey, another podcast. What's happening, man? What's happening? We waiting on the other guests. Um, and then we're gonna cue you in with um, after the intro. And yeah, the volume is very low on here. You can barely hear me. Oh yeah, I can hear you way better now. All right, it was because my uh, phone was on my lap. No problem. No problem. All right, we just waiting on them. Take your time, man. I got it all day. First podcast of the year. Hey, man. You got to do what you got to do. You hear me? Mm-hmm. Your dad over there? What's up, Samari? What's up? All right, so one of the co-hosts is still asleep, um, so we either might just start without him, and then he'll join in later. about to start. Y'all ready? Yep. All right. Three, two, one. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to a podcast. Our guest here today is a man of many fields, from being a DMV rap legend to director, visual artist, promoter, and motivational speaker. He is the father of the DMV in the first podcast of 2020, baby. 20 Bellow. What's good? What's good? How everybody doing? Man, we doing good, man. Um, how was Christmas? Man, I, you know, I couldn't ask for anything more. You know, it was great. My kids were good. I was good. Everybody in the family was good. Given the circumstances of today's climate, you know, I can't. Yeah. I've, I've been saying a lot of different stuff, um, like on the news or just people in like chats and stuff like that and seeing like how they're doing. And so like, it just allows me to know that my situation is not bad at all because right. it's a it's a lot of people that's out here far worse and uh, for me to even think to complain, knowing goodness well that there's people out here with um, either dying from it or losing family members throughout the pandemic. So, right. I just want to look at it with a positive mindset. Like, could be much worse. Oh yeah, yeah. it's a it's some static in somebody's uh, mic as well. It went off. It might be you, Tommy. Uh, tomorrow. Might be you, yeah. Is it still there, or? Yeah, every time you talk, it's there. All right. Um, Samaria, do you hear the same thing or no? Yeah, I'm hearing a little click sound. All right. Um, I don't know how to fix that. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't want you to, you know, have your podcast and have that going on. Yes, that's good. Yeah, either or, man. I could um. Possibly just uh, cut it and then go back into it. I mean, whatever works for you. I just wanted you to know that I I can hear it. All right. So I'm about to um, 
end it and restart it. I'm gonna edit this part out. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, hey. Yeah. You gonna send a new link or you just gonna restart yeah, this? Yeah, a new link. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right, guys, we back after some tech- technical difficulty. English. Technical difficult- difficulties. Oh, my God. <laughs> but um, my brain literally, like, breaks, make my brain go on vacation. I don't know about y'all. Oh, there it is. is. There it is. Now you did. Yeah. Um, how was you in school, though? Like, was you ever having, like, um, issues with, like, remembering stuff? Or when, after the break, you like, oh, God, I got to get back into school mode? Ooh. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I graduated from school over 20-something years ago, but I don't even remember. <laughs> now, that nice. answers your question. <laughs> I don't at, least you, at least you graduated, man. I got We got two more years, uh, me and Samaria. The other co-host, uh, Chris, he got one year. This is last year. Yeah, my daughter just graduated last year, and this is her first year at Emory University Ooh. in Georgia. Full ride? Yeah, she's uh, going for screenwriting, so she wants to write movies and stuff. That's what's up. Okay. Yeah, and my other daughter, she'll be graduating in two years. She uh, she plays uh, volleyball in Howard County. And so, yeah, you know, I look back and I'm like, damn, you know, I do. I will tell you guys this. Uh, cherish every moment of school. And I know it's been different this year because, you know, mm-hmm. this unprecedented uh, pandemic, but Cherish every moment, because I swear, if I can go back to high school, I'd do it in a flash. I'm telling you. I mean, because those memories you always have with you, but when you start, when you become an adult, things change, man. Responsibilities change. Mm-hmm. Everything change, man. And you're no longer that, that kid without all of those huge bills and responsibilities. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's something I'm glad, like, my parents tell me now. They, like, um, make sure to work hard now so you don't got to do it later. And that's something, like, my father instilled into me. Right. And so, like, I make sure to continue to, even though I, even though I honestly didn't want to be in school, um, even since the fifth grade, like, I wanted to leave school. I just knew that the only way to be good or great in the world, I had to go to school and do what I needed to do. I was so, a little bit different. I, you know, I was in the streets when I was in school. I was in the streets, but I, I actually had an opportunity. Um, I used to go to Francis Junior High, and mm. um, I, I got, it's still open. I don't even know, man. It's been years since I went up there, but I think they are. But it's it's a strange chain of events that happened. I was going to Shaw Junior High because that was actually in my neighborhood, and. Um, you know, I, I was an angry kid, so I, I stayed in fights a lot. And so they ended up putting me out of uh, junior high, which opened up a kind of strange pathway for me because I ended up going to Francis, and one of my teachers, my art teachers, he was like, you should audition to go to Duke Ellington. I never heard of Duke Ellington. That school so, is trash. Yeah, man. Well, that's my that's my alma mater. <laughs> man. So I went there and I graduated. From Duke Ellington. So, and when I was going to Duke, I went to Duke in the early 90s. So I don't, you know, I don't know. It, it was probably better back then. Yeah. I don't know what they called it. Now. It definitely went down now. It probably did. But I know either or, you know, it helped a lot of mm-hmm. out of neighborhoods like mine, you know, that have some type of hope. And I did that. And um, I ended up graduating, but then went back to the streets. So, 
right after high school in 94, I ended up getting shot up by the police. So for being in the streets. So it gave me hope, but if I can go back, man, I would. Yeah, that's um that's one thing I hope I don't have to like relapse, like be like only if I did or if I did this or that. Because it's um it's certain things you want to make sure you do and then certain things you just want to like try to avoid. And so um what am I thinking? So like if I'm in school and like no matter how much I don't like it or um one thing I think I might regret is not going to prom because I don't want to go to there. Um, my mom keeps trying to get me to go, but I don't really know. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I had plans to go to college, but, you know, like I told you, something happened. and that I, Instead, I went to prison. So mm-hmm. any opportunity that, that even if, you know, you don't see the benefit or maybe you just don't want to do it, you got to think far ahead of where you are. You know what I mean? Because in these days and times, man, a lot of a lot of jobs you can't even get, you know, without without a diploma. A diploma, you know, and some jobs, you know, and, and then those jobs there, you're gonna be stuck there because you don't have a, a, a PhD or bachelor's or you know or some type of college, you know, credits or whatever. So you got to mm-hmm. think about, you know, the, the problem with us, and this happened with me as a youth was that I never thought too much about the distant future. It was always about the now. It was always about the now. It was always about what can I get now? How can I, you know, now? But I didn't think, okay, where, where I want to be when I'm 40? Where I want to be when I'm 45? Because in actuality, you know, dudes like us from the hood, we don't even think we're going to live that long. You know what I mean? So we try to live it up and live it up and live it up. But then surprise, surprise, you ended up making it to your 40s. And you're like, now what? I, I got a brother, you know, like that. My brother, you know, he, he just turned 41. I'm 44. He just turned 41. And he don't have a criminal record. And I'm like, bro, you should be out here bumbling like for real. You should have the best, one of the best jobs. You should, But it's all about your mind state. So you got, you know, and I'm not saying you, but in general, people got to yeah. work their mind state um, before they can even advance to anything. Yeah, um, Samari, can you relate to this? Like having like a different set of opinions, or not opinions, but like a different mindset when going to school. Uh, yeah, when it comes to school, I think of my grades as like my money. And I don't like when people mess with my money. I don't like it when people mess with my money. So I just. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way with that. Because, yeah, I don't want to go back to school, like for classes and stuff like that. So if they mess up um, my grades or something like that, yeah, that'd be a big problem. Yeah, it's really just about how you think about it. It's about what you want to be and what you want what you want your future to look like. Some of us happen to, you know, even though we went down the wrong pathway in life like I did, you know, I was still blessed enough to come out of it and eventually get my head on straight and say, hey, okay, enough is enough. I got to do something different. And that's what I started to do. And that's why I'm where I am today, because 
I personally made that decision. Mm. My parents couldn't do it. My father was doing life for murder. My mother was strung out. Just a typical story. You know what I mean? But my parents couldn't tell me or anybody couldn't tell me anything. I had to tell myself that because the only way a person is going to change or strive to change is they that change has to come from that individual. Man, hopefully everybody out there listening, man. You got to manifest your own destiny. You can't just allow everybody to do your job for you. Yeah, your parents. Am I right along those lines? That's basically what you're saying. Your parents want the best for you if you have parents. I mean, people in your family, and some people don't even have that. But at the same time, my mother could tell me every day, do this, do that, do this right. I don't have to do it. I have to want to do it. You know what I mean? Can't nobody force you to do anything. And when I was sitting in that jail cell for five years, I had to talk to myself and say, man, do I want this to be my life just like my father, like they said I was going to be? Do I want that to be my life or do I want to try something different? But the problem is people, they content with their living arrangements and environment and they don't want to change it. They just so content with it and change is scary to some people. Mm -hmm. they, they worried about what other people going to say. They worried about what their friends going to say. They worried about their friends going to make fun of them. And, oh, yeah, you ain't a hood dude no more. You you this, you that, you square, you read books, you go to the library. But guess what? Them same people that saying that, they're going to be at the liquor store 10, 15 years from, from now asking for money. We'll be the same people that's sitting there um, washing your car. Yeah. They're going to be, you're going to excel and this happened to me. I always been a smart kid. I always been on the on road and the dean's list and all that. But mm -hmm. my street mentality was more powerful than my my educational mentality. You know, or my intellect. You know, I wanted to be popular. You know what I mean? Like that was my drive. I wanted to be popular. I was I was the only one in, in, in Duke Ellington driving a, a fucking uh, Nissan Z. You know what I mean? So I was selling. You still got it? Say what? I said you still got it? Yeah, I mean, but see, the thing about it, I was misusing the blessings that I already had inside of me. Mm -hmm. So now I'm using it the right way. And I don't have to worry about going to jail or, or, or getting robbed for some crack or getting shot at on the block. I don't have to worry about none of that no more. And that's the, that's the way to live. So I would encourage you, man, you know, some things that we see in, in our present day lives, you know, sometimes we just, we really just want to go the way that we want to go. But I'm telling you, you got to think at least 10 to 15 years from now. You got to think about that time. Yeah. That's what you got to think about. Because if you don't do that, 10 to 15 years come, and you're going to be in the same position as you was when you was in high school. And that's to that should be unacceptable to yourself, to the individual self, period. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that's completely understandable. Like, it's just, 
it's just different wavelengths that people got to go through and like processes is and you know what some like like you said some people like to stay in that bubble or try not to change because of the fear of it but to get better or do better you gotta change and, and that change has to come from you but see the thing about it now you know versus my era and your era you guys have so many so many opportunities, opportunities and tools at your fingertips there's no excuse. See, the ever before mine, you know, like my grandparents and my mother, they didn't have that. They were, they were, it was Jim Crow, it was, it was stagnant, it was racism openly. You know, there were there were uh, uh things like redlining where you know black families couldn't even buy a house in certain areas. You know, it was a government plot period to keep the black people down. That's why they grouped everybody and put them in housing projects. If you if you take five hungry pit bulls that ain't eight in a week and throw one steak in the room, what's gonna happen? They about to fight. Not only that, somebody gonna die. Mm-hmm. And that was their plan. Um, sadly, that wasn't their original plan. It just turned into that. Well, their original plan was to keep us in slavery. Yeah, no, nah, not that. I'm talking about like after slavery and segregation, they um the red uh red lines was originally made to like make housing and stuff affordable, and then they ended up changing, I believe, in 2001, into a more um not uh, a more of a segregated community, like keeping people locked into it. That's why um even now the property rate still rising, um. And they supposed to be trying to get people to move out or do better stuff. And granted, it's not all the government fault because it's people that are still out here doing whatever and spending money on things that aren't important for the betterment of their life. Well, let me break it down for you, young blood. Mm-hmm. The red line and stuff took effect way early, like in the 1950s, right? And what the government did, and the government is to be fully blamed for this because what they did was... They said, we got to keep the Negro out of our white communities. We don't want to integrate. They didn't want to integrate from, from the jump. So they said, we're going to create this red line. So banking companies and mortgage companies and all that stuff, If you, I don't care how much money you had back then. If you were black, you wasn't going to get approved for a mortgage in a certain area because they didn't want the mm-hmm. integration. Instead, they would redirect you to an area with, with, where it's predominantly black. I don't care how much money you have. You know what I mean? So as time went on, you know, and, and they, you know, many lawsuits were filed. I mean, you can go back and research and look it all up. And in present day time, you know, it's still systematic racism. You know, however, yeah. it's not as blatant as it was before. You know, one of the most racist real estate companies in America was the Trump. I mean, the Trump uh, uh, business, right? They they did that redlining like perfectly. They were slumlords, you know, in New York. Like they were races against brown and black people. So today, you know, it's, it's not as open because there's so many laws and legislations put in place um, to protect black and African-American and brown people from the type of behavior, but it still exists. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, 
you guys are young, which is the best benefit that you can have right now. Because now we done seen two historical things that happened within the last eight years. No, within the last 12 years. We've seen the first black president. And now mm -hmm. we've seen the first black vice president. Woman at that. So what pisses me off is when I see our people, especially our black men, they'll say, oh, Kamala Harris locked all these people. I say, y'all missing a whole point of this, man. You got a daughter. I got two daughters. This opened up the door for my daughters to succeed mm -hmm. beyond unequal pay that women, especially black women, had to face. You know, you could a white man make 100000 and a black woman make 40000 for the same job. You know what I mean? Inequality yeah, that was yeah. rampant, and now that we see the advancement of, of people, our forefathers, and, you know, that they fought, they fought and died for this, man. So you got to take advantage of it. Take advantage of it, man. It was a time when you wasn't allowed to go to school. Mm -hmm. Without paying. Or even in general. You weren't even allowed to read. You know why you weren't allowed to read? They want you to be nah, smart. it wasn't even about being smart. It was about organizing. If you were able to read, you were able to organize efficiently. And if you could organize efficiently, then you could rise up. Like, go go back and read the, the slave revolt of Louisiana and how the black people revolted against their slave owners in Louisiana and killed a, a lot of them. So if you if you educated, you can you can you know you can uh, uh, become an activist. You can you can rile people up. You can organize efficiently, and that's why they wanted to keep you dumb. And guess what? Yeah. They still doing it now. Uh, 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 tell me how they doing it now. Um, nope. Wait, what'd you say, Samara? What'd you say? I said schools. Oh. She, she said schools, but mm -hmm. um, well, that's a part of it. She, you are, you are, something yeah, because some schools they don't that's teach you everything, like they try to hide certain facts from yeah. you, and then when you grow up, you gotta look that's it up. That's a part yourself. of it. You, you're right about that, but there's a more, there's a more powerful um, medium that they're using right now. Social media. Social media with the backdrop of what? Um, Rap. Music. Oh. Music. Yeah. It depends on the music, though, because some songs, they're actually helping uplift you, and then other songs. But just... guess what? How often do you actually see those uplift? Don't, and, and it's not that they don't exist. Yeah, that's true. But how often do you see that push to the forefront? Not really. Right? You yeah. see Lupe Fiasco, how long he sat on the shelf? You know, but, but let somebody come out with something stupid, and it's going to be right in your face every day. The other way that they're getting the youth to, to stay stupid. Um, A prime example, uh, Hobson. Some people still don't even know who mm -hmm. he is. Which is crazy. Like, the man's been out for years. And um, he talks about a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, he, he even points out how rappers are brainwashing people and telling them lies that they don't even live. 
and instead of telling them the truth, they just like, yeah, I did this, I did that. Um, and even six nine, even though like he was a snitch and all that, one thing he did credit, um, he was like that life that um people be rapping about. That's not how that was. Like, like I'm kind of glad, like he's kind of honest with it. I'm just not like the snitching part. That's the only part that's just like with no respect to you. But at the same time, it's like. This man literally almost went to jail and is able to come back and tell you, don't be going around here trying to do what all, what all your The only reason do. why he's doing be- that is because he had to sit in that cell. Mm-hmm. And he understood the actual consequences of, oh, my favorite rapper does this, does that, and they got away, man. I can do it too. No. That's not how it is at all. You got white executives that who don't even listen to rap by the way and they're mm-hmm. making millions and millions and millions of dollars and and the reason why the young rapper feel like he gotta say he gotta keep it dumbed down because he's not gonna get no deal that's his dream so his dream is to get signed by a record label and he gotta keep it dumb even though he got something to say he'll suppress it because he's not gonna get that deal and guess what? If you keep a person ignorant, they're going to do what? Keep spending what? Yeah. Money. And they're going to keep making their millions. And, and they're going to watch the demise of the youth because the music is telling you to kill each other. It's telling you to uh, have, use drugs and all the stuff that is already detrimental to the community. But it sounds good. And the white, the white guys, they're not living in these communities. They're living in Beverly Hills and mansions and stuff, gated communities. They're not, they not living on the block in the hood, but they're getting all our money. And that's sad. That's sad. And that's the, that's the new way of how they keep us from reading and, and, and becoming, you know, and, you know, a, a, a powerful um, through education. I got a question for you. Um, you know a rapper named NF? NF? Don't really yeah. ring a bell. All right. Well, he's um, he raps about like a whole bunch of like mm-hmm. realistic stuff, and so he's not he doesn't really do like all the uh, gang stuff or whatever. But um, when he do be rapping it it actually speaks messages because um, in one of his songs I'm looking at now, it's um, the lyrics go like, hold on, give me a second. Where'd that verse go? Okay, um, he's like, yeah, handouts create lazy people I'm not impressed with. Um, and then... It, it jumps down to surround yourself with people that challenge how you think, not people that nod their head and act like they agree. Um, those people that those people that cut you open just to watch you bleed, always be yourself, not the person you pretend to be. Um, and then... Hold on, where is it? It's this last line that's just like... Okay, uh, here you go. Um, these people going to tell you that you will never make it. 
Then when you do, they gonna say you they knew you was going places. That's just how it works. Next thing you'll be, you'll be overrated. Hearing people say they missed the old you is crazy, ain't it? And so that's like a lot of people like they sit there and either you'll grow up in a neighborhood where everybody just feeding you. Yes, 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 you're great. And allowing you to um, believe that you're actually doing something when in fact you're just burying yourself, you know? And so you'd rather have people that's sitting there challenging you and not being yes, man. And then along with that, have people that's actually real with you instead of being like, Oh, you, you ain't, you ain't never gonna make it. And then when you do, they just all on your bandwagon. Like, yeah, I knew he was gonna do that. Yeah, that's my right. friend. No, you not. You were sitting there trash talking me, and even when you wasn't just trash talking me, you was yes manning me and allowed me to do stupid decisions and acting like you was my friend just because you mm-hmm. knew I was getting money. But you, you know, it's everybody. Really, it's it's opportunistic. You know, you have you have mm-hmm. people that really don't don't care about you. They just care about what you can do for them. You know what I mean? And that was, those are some real lyrics. And mm-hmm. the thing about it, the industry is not going to allow, you know, too much of that because, you know, when people start getting smart about it, they, they start losing money. And the root, of, the root of all evil is not money. And I hate when people say the root of all evil is money. That's not true. The root of all evil is the love of money. Right? Keyword love of money meaning you're gonna do anything for that money right if you if you if you gotta you know put some some female on the cover of a, of a, of a mixtape with no clothes on regardless or you gotta put some guy on a cover mixtape with, with a gun in his hand and pills and stuff it's about the money it ain't it, it's not even it's about nothing else but money man that's all it's about and that's why I stayed underground my entire rap career. You know, because mm-hmm. I controlled everything I said. I controlled every song I made. I controlled every video I shot. And I stopped shooting videos for dudes because I got tired of projecting that image. I don't want to project that image. You know, I don't want my name to be on it at all. It's different platforms. Yeah, I don't man. want my name. I don't want to be, you know, dude come on a video directed by the 20 Bello and he oh he got his money and and, and and you know just dumb stuff that I don't represent anymore. And I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying sometimes you gotta grow. And if you're not willing to grow, then you'll never see your potential. You'll never see it, man. People used to tell me all the time, man, you got great potential, but and I ain't wanna listen. All I wanna do is grab my grab my gun and walk through the streets, man, and rob people and shoot at people and all types of stuff that I did, you know, in my life. And I don't, you know, this day, man, I'm a farmer. I turned into a farmer, man. I got I got three acres. I farm, I got my own high sauce company, man. I'm I'm happy having learned from all of those things. And so any chance I get, I'm going to tell somebody else, especially, you know, you say, hey, man, listen, man, go to school, man. Take advantage of it. Get get what you can get out of it. And you'll, and you'll thank me later. You got to add entrepreneur yeah, to your yeah, bio. You know, I've always been an entrepreneur, man. i always been. I remember when I was in, in junior high, Francis, I, you know, I, I write. So 
I used to, uh, I wrote a book, my first little book. It wasn't no published book and all like that, but I wrote it. It was, you know, called Capital City. And um, <laughs> I, I printed it out at school and I stapled it together and I passed it out in the hood, man. You know what I mean? Everybody I can get to, I pass that little book out to. And that was the first, you know, and that's that's what I love. But if you listen to people that really don't care about you, they're going to laugh at that. But if you listen to somebody that do care about you, they're like, bro, that's good, man. That's good. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Straight up. That's one thing I'm glad I learned young, um, to be able to see the different types of people in the world and be able to understand that not everybody is your friend. Because you could walk your life, literally your entire life, thinking somebody's your friend. and literally Let me give you a short little story, man. My grandmother, may she rest in peace, she used to tell me that all the time, Right. And you know me, I, I I just wanted to run the streets. I didn't realize until I got older, until I became more responsible, the reason why my grandmother told me that. My grandmother had three sons, my father and his two brothers. His oldest brother was shot and killed. His, his middle brother, Keith, died from a heroin overdose. My father was sentenced to murder at the age of 16 to life. So she lost three sons, right? Now, here I come along as a kid, as a baby, my, my brother and I. So her strictness wasn't about restricting me from anything. It was about the fact that she already lost three sons. So she was trying to keep me and my brother from that same fate. You know what I mean? So when she told me that, I used to argue. I was like, what you mean? I don't got no friends, whatever, whatever. So, you know, as a teenager. And then one night I realized she was right because in 1994, in the commission of me robbing some people, I didn't know that they were undercover cops, DC police. And they, they shot me. Mm. And then they stood over me and shot me in the middle of the street. At that time, I was unarmed. And, and one thought came to mind that bullet hit my chest. My grandmother's voice came to me. You don't have no friends. And I looked up before I passed out. And the dudes that I was running with back in those days, they left me to die, man. They ain't even come help me. They ain't called the ambulance. They they was living with me and my cousin. They ran over to my cousin's house, packed up all this stuff and left. They didn't even tell my cousin what happened. And at that point, I realized mm. my grandmother was right. No, you don't have any friends, man. You don't. Because, and, and I hate when people say, uh, uh, I love you unconditionally. That's BS. Because give anybody, anybody, you know, the right opportunity, you know, to make money or become a millionaire, they're going to kick you to the curb in a second. That's not love unconditionally. The only person that loves you unconditionally is God, man, and nobody else, man. Not even your parents. Because you cross your parents in the right way, <laughs> trust me, y'all not going to speak for years. That's not love. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I want to hear from Samaria. How do you pronounce your name? Samaria. Samaria, I want to hear your experience, man. Uh, it's not really much. Um, I lived in a nice place. I live, like, in safe places in D.C., so 
not really much to say. Um, never really had to struggle for anything. Well, that's a blessing. Yeah. And that's the way that's the way mm -hmm. I raised my daughters, man. My daughters ain't got to struggle for nothing. So count that as a blessing. Yes, sir. Another reason just to walk around and be like, just yeah, smile. Even, yeah. even if you grew up like that, like you still, the way life set up, I don't care how much money you got. I don't care, you know, about none of that. Life is set up where you still, Biggie said it best, more money, more problems. Mm -hmm. You still gonna have problems, you know, even internally, more so internally. Like you're gonna have yeah, internal problems. No amount of money can fix that. That's at all. Because you're gonna either you could either be poor and be struggling for money, or you could be rich and have people hating on you or trying to kill you or doing all sorts of things. Yep. To be yeah, you. Because what we got to understand is that what we see in, in our reality is what we call the flesh, right? We see uh, the sky, we see the moon, we see the sun, we see the trees, birds, and all that, right? That's, that's the flesh. What we don't see is the spiritual side of life where there's a ongoing war since the beginning of time between good and evil. You've probably seen movies about it. And all that stuff, that stuff is true. You have a whole spiritual realm that you cannot see that's fighting for mankind. You got one side fighting to save mankind, and you got one side fighting to destroy mankind. And that's why you see this, this stuff manifest in the flesh. Why would a person go into a church and kill 15 people? Why would a person go into a school and shoot up the whole school? Why would a person fly? A, a, Kill a, a baby. plane into the world towers, trade trade center. Why would a person strap a bomb to themselves in Iraq and get on a bus with eight, you know, 40, 50 people and blow the whole bus up? It's a it's a spiritual war that you can't see. And that music part is a part of it because it's said, and this is true, that the principalities rule the air. You know, what's in the air? Airwaves, music waves, vibrations, things like that. You know what I mean? You could go and turn on your radio right now that's not hooked up to any power source as far as like, you know, plugging it into a 120 volt socket or anything like that. You could open up your phone and you can go mm -hmm. to Pandora and you can hear your music or whatever. Music is one of the most powerful mediums and that's one of the one of the weapons of 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 of, of evil to suppress you. Real talk. Now you ain't got to believe what I'm telling you, but I'm telling you it's true. Think about this. Think about this. You have a you have a uh, well. You got you guys are way younger than me, but I, I'm. Let me just say this: music bring back emotions and feelings at any given time. You may have a favorite song, right? I guarantee you. When mm -hmm. you turn 40, you know, and you hear that song, it's going to bring back, even though you can't remember that memory, you're going to remember that memory when that song plays. Because it's powerful, it's spiritual. You know what I mean? 
Anytime I hit a third verse, yeah, like dear mama. mama, you know, like, like, like songs like that. Like it, it took me back to a certain place and time. And I know as these days, but I know when I was young, you know, I had you know little girlfriends, and we had our own little favorite song. You know what I mean? And even though I probably mm-hmm. even forgot her name, <laughs> the song reminds me of the memory. And then I got to thinking, like, damn, what's her name? What's her name? What's her name? What's her name? <laughs> you know what I mean? But the memory pops up. So it's it's a very, very, very powerful medium. And, and I'm not going to get too, you know, too deep with the spiritual stuff. But one thing I will say before I get out get off the topic of the spirituality is a lot of people don't understand and don't realize that, um, I don't know if you guys believe in God or the devil, but I do. And I'm, and I'm going to tell you this. Yeah, I do. Um, what people don't realize was that the devil was the chief musician. Yep. So he knows music. <laughs> he knows music. And that was his job. His job was to be in charge of worship and praise of God. But two things that came out of that. One was the fact that today on earth, you know, music music is, is one of the most powerful mediums. But the other thing was um, envy. So what kills more men than any, more men and women than anything is not cancer. It's not heart disease. It's not none of that. You know what it is? Hate. Hate, jealousy. But where did jealousy. that hate and jealousy originate from? Right. It originated between God and the devil, because the devil he got so arrogant and he was so envious of God that he tried to overthrow God, and in that process he was struck down to become what we what was said the prince of the earth so this is the devil's domain and yeah god rules everything but this is the devil's domain right here that's why you see all the atrocities and things you see when you wake up in the morning you find out 40 people done got murdered things like that and that's a side of spirituality that people don't really want to admit to because they think it's mythology and it's not. You know what I mean? It's not, man. Trust me. Yeah. I got a friend that literally would be on this topic with you so hard because he's um he's like really. I would love to have a discussion with him because you know I I studied this and I studied this in the most uh, uh darkest times of my life. And uh, you know, sit in the cell. Mm-hmm. And I had personal experiences with, with that side, man. So, uh, and, and when I talk about this, people are like, no, nah, man, Bello, you crazy. No, nah, I ain't crazy. I ain't crazy, man. I, I, I damn near died. I took two bullets at point blank range. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, see, I'm asking him, man. That'd be great. Because he, um, he wears like crystals and stuff like that, and like he meditates, all types of stuff. Um, 
to be in touch with his spiritual side. And, like, he believes in, like, chakras and um, different forms of energy and, like, mm-hmm. positive energy, negative energy, and all that. Because um, we did a podcast with him. Like, um, it was, like, the first podcast. And me and him was literally just going back How and forth with, like, religion and stuff like that. And it just... Okay. Um, he's my age, seventeen. Um, eighteen. Yeah, I mean, January. my thing is, man, to to each his own. Whatever, whatever you believe in, I'm not, I'm not a judge of what you believe in. You know, if you, you know, you want to go mm-hmm. to the to the palm reader or read tarot cards, that's on you. I don't believe in it. I know it's real, right? And there's a difference between believing in something and knowing that it's real. You know what I mean? I don't believe in it, but I know it's real. Just like demons. You, know, you Do you guys know what a demon is? What is it? Yeah. A demon is like, it's basically a descendant of the devil. Like somebody that goes out and does evil or malicious acts um, in place of the devil. Yeah, that, that's true. What where, where does a demon come from? From hell. You know what a demon is? A demon is a fallen angel. A demon when 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 uh when when Satan, who was uh the shining star, Lucifer, when he revolted against God, he took a third of the angels that was on his side, and God kicked them all out of heaven. They came to earth. A demon is nothing but a fallen angel. No difference. They got the same powers as an angel. They can change form. You know, they can, they can, they can, you know, possess a person. You know, things like that. And that's all a demon is. So that picture you see, uh, that's historical picture of uh of Satan with the with the horns and the pitchfork tail and all that. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Satan don't look like that. Oh. Satan was the most beautiful angel in heaven. He was adorned with diamonds and rubies. Think about it. Diamonds and rubies. What do you see in music now? Diamonds and rubies. Mm-hmm. He was adorned. He was beautiful. Satan, Satan ain't no pitchfork, snake-looking, demon, uh, dragon-looking individual. Satan is... Beautiful, and that's how he deceives people because he's beautiful. You ever yep, seen the show I Lucifer? See. That's yeah. a great example of it. Like when he shows like his right. devil face or whatever, that's different. But like the face he portrays it's to the beautiful. world, like oh, the Bible says, that he left would be deceived because he 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 wanted to be God. He wanted to be God. So he's not that 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 dragon spitting out fire and all that stuff. That's that's man made stuff. He's not he's not that. Now think about it. If if if, if you know somebody come up to you and they look like a the, the way the man depicts a demon to look like, you gonna run like hell, right? Mm-hmm. But what if somebody come yeah. up to you that's beautiful and talking good and you're gonna be more inclined to listen right see yeah there it is 
But that's it tricks you. That's why. Because you could sit there and have a conversation with somebody and depending on how they're talking, like they'll feed you all the right things and then be slipping yeah. in like all the negatives. Yeah. Like, um, you know, um, what's it called? A, a compliment yeah. sandwich or whatever. They can literally tell you, oh, you're the most beautiful person in the it's world. Like, over yeah. thanks. And I, I just I just love your music. Oh, yeah. Like, just mix it's all of that together. deception, man. man. You can't deceive a person by scaring a person. You deceive a person by making them feel comfortable. That's how you deceive a person. You know what I mean? I mean, look at the look at look at look at how people get catfish, right? Right. What's up with you, man? You got a smart son here, man. Yeah, you got a real smart son, man. You said you got a smart son here. I'm gonna tell him I'm throwing another cookout pretty soon, man. He's throwing another cookout pretty soon. Yeah, he said he'd be there. Dig this, right? Yeah, y'all know the mm-hmm. show Catfish, right? Yeah. How do those people get to see fake personas that look beautiful, people that talk good, right? But mm-hmm. when they show up and they find out that this person ain't who they said they was, right? That's the devil right there. That's the perfect example. You know what I mean? Deception. Even in the Bible, um, you could trace it back to Adam mm-hmm. and Eve with the serpent. He telling her to eat that apple, and he just giving her all the stuff that she want to hear. Like, it'll make you do this. It'll make you do that. He made, it don't he matter made what God said. But, but, but here's the and then when they ate the apple, they, they reaped the consequences. Right, but they talk about it, and that's mm-hmm. where the whole, the whole horns and and, and, and fork, fork tongue and all that came from. The devil can inhabit anybody, man. Anybody that's willing. It's like God can can inhabit anybody that's willing. Same thing. God is not going to come in you, like, he's not going to be that person that inhabits you unless you allow him to. He's not going to force you to believe in him. And the devil ain't going to force you to believe in him too, but he's going to make it very appealing. And he's going to say, hey, God don't want you to do this. God don't want you to do that. God don't want you to do this. But that's what? You can go out and party. You can drink. You can smoke. You can do whatever you want to do. It'll make, It'll it make you better. feel better. And that's that's the reason why, you know, people gravitate to more towards um, evil than good. But it's a misconception, though. Because, first of all, God ain't telling you, no, no, no. That's the preacher. God ain't hiding behind no wall or no bush ready to kill you and send you to hell. That's the preacher. The preacher will tell you, I said something to a preacher one time, and he was like, yeah, y'all better do y'all going to hell. I said, God ain't tell you to preach that. Where you see in the Bible that God tell you to preach hell? Because it wasn't designed for man. God told you to preach salvation. He didn't tell you to preach hell. He didn't tell you to stand on the corner and say, y'all going to hell. God ain't a God of fear. So he's not going to make it fearful for you. That's the devil's job. 
Anyway, let me get off that because I get a little bit. <laughs> it's all good. I get a little bit excited about that, man, because I know I know my own life and. Man, that's um that's a perfect way to um segue into the uh, DMV, man. How, how, what made you come up with that? Like other than like the, the first three syllables of the um, I mean the first syllables of the DMV, like why DMV of all names? Why not something else? Like why include all the different um all three uh, states? You hear me? Can y'all hear me? I can hear you. Mr. Bello? If your audio, um, like, I can't hear you, so you might have to leave and come back. Uh, just re-click the link. Samara, you know Ronald, right? Oh. Ronald? Right here, maybe. Well, he's the person I was talking about. Um, because he he resonates with us so much with um spirituality and stuff. I don't know. I don't think I know what that is. He um he went to Eastern or something. Yeah. He in the band. Or... Yeah. I'm pretty sure y'all met. All right, guys, um, while we wait for Mr. Bello to rejoin, I just want to take the time to say go hello. follow him on Instagram. It, hello. Um, hello. Shout your Instagram out real quick. Yeah, he is? Hello. Hello. Can y'all yeah. hear me? Yeah. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yeah, hello, can you hear hello, us? Hello, hello. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. You can hear me, Samari. Did you just call me? Is it, can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you, but what did you call me? Yeah, I don't know, I'm trying to yeah, get your name you. pronounced right. Forgive me. Is this what is it again? Tell it's me again. Marriott. You can just stick to Sammy. Sammy? Mm-hmm. All right, but no, tell me what, what is how it's pronounced. Samaria. Samaria. All right, good, good, good. Well, I'm sorry, I'm not too good with names, man. Hey, can you hear me or no? Samaria. I can hear you. Samaria is a Samaritan woman. Right, Samaria. I got it now. My apologies. Wait, so, um, Axon, can you hear me? Can you hear him? I can hear you, but I can't hear him. Uh. <laughs> All right, tell him about the restart. About the restart. Come on, Anchor. Right. <laughs> yeah, me and Anchor definitely going to fight. Okay. Like, it literally just ended that out of nowhere.
All right, but back to what I was saying, go follow him on Instagram at 20Bello. Um, you know, he's real nice dude, as you can see. Uh, real down to earth and actually he's able to sit here and talk to us. You know, some people don't even want to take the time out their day to sit there and explain stuff to the youth. So you got to respect them for that. So, Mary, how was your Christmas? I'll celebrate it. Oh, yeah. I'll celebrate it. You get anything around the holiday? <laughs> Yeah, 40 bucks. Yeah, 40 bucks. Man, I got some... Man, 2021 is just looking so good. Yeah. Let's just hope that it's actually what we think it's going to be. Mm. I like 2020 when we all thought 2020. Nah, 2020 was my year. 2021 is going to be better. 2020 wasn't there. Not for me. I, I was able to grow through 2020. Oh, like, yeah. I, I still feel bad for But what's growth without pain? Yeah. A happy world. Thank you. I lost a lot of friends in 2020, but not, not that I'm complaining. Cause... <laughs> That's not healthy. Losing a lot of friends in 2024. Not complaining about it. I'm confused. What was They're coughing. I'm fine. No, it's not helping. I got a question. Do you, um, when it's hot, like, does your nose get clogged? Nose get clogged and, like, make you sneeze. Yeah. When it gets hot. Yeah, um, I found out something recently this year. When it's too hot, my nose starts to like go run, and um, I start to sneeze a lot. I think I'm allergic to heat. <laughs> that no, that doesn't help. Yeah. No more sunny days. <laughs> Case, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's just like a temporary thing or what. Because whenever we turn the heat on in here, like my nose gets like really stuffy and it's like I can't breathe. Can you hear me? Uh, okay, okay. I can hear you guys now. All right, perfect. Yeah, we definitely um going to go curse Anchor out um, after the podcast. You can do yeah, that. I'm definitely going to do that because... Yeah, this this is not the first time Anchor has done me dirty. It, it cut a podcast off when we was like at the two hour mark. So I'm very upset with Anchor. But yeah, back to what we was talking about. Um, anybody got remember? I got a, a bad memory. Y'all hear me? <laughs> yeah, I think it always starts off low, but I, you'll come in soon. Um, what was we talking about before the uh, mess ups and the audio? Go ahead, say that again. I said, what was we talking about before the mess ups and the, the audio? DMV. Yeah. So, um, what made you come up with the Monica DMV? Well, I had a uh, a partner of mine that I met in Duke Ellington, 
Um, mm-hmm. And he, his name is Keyway Galloway. And we started a record label back in like 2000. And um, we was in the studio one day and, you know, we was doing our own uh, album and he ended up saying something in the verse and he was like, yeah, DMV. So I stopped him. I was like, man, what's that? He was like, uh, DC Murder, Virginia. I was like, oh, light bulb went off. And I was like, this, this is what we need to do. Right. So I took it and I put money behind it, you know, promo behind it. And I started a website called dmvunderground.com. And this was before Facebook, Twitter, and all that stuff. So I went and I reached out to all the artists that I knew at the time. And I physically, manually, with my own hand, put these artists on this website. Um, you know, not so they profile their music and all that stuff. And then other people like Happy Way and Dre All Day and, you know, Two-Face Wild Boy, Wale, all of them came in and they started pushing it with me. And I thought that it was sweet and short, you know, because we weren't going to call it Chocolate City or Middle East. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it stuck. It's been 20 years. Everybody use it, too. Everybody, from the weatherman to whoever, they they use it, but they don't, you know, they don't really know where it came from. But, you know, it, it's good, man. It served its purpose. It's serving its purpose. Why only D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, though? Like, why not add all the um, other states or cities? Because one thing about this region is that this region is not a hip-hop mecca. Mm-hmm. You know, and we didn't... It, we always, if you're from D.C., like, you always, you know, going to Maryland. You're always going to VA. You know, you're not, you're not going to Philly. You're not going to Jersey all the time. You, I mean, you one day you can hit VA, D.C., and Maryland. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're not, you're not going outside of those regions. Like, really, I mean, you go outside of it, but not on a, daily, not on a, you know, uh, uh, not off Daily basis. Yeah. And then, you know, I had... Uh, I had started uh, renting clubs and throwing shows and stuff. So I had, you know, artists that came from MD, VA, and DC. And so my thing was, it was about unity. It was about bringing these artists together instead of everybody talking about, you know, Baltimore beefing with DC or, you know, VA don't like DC. That, that, oh, that's untrue, man. Yeah, that's... um. That's it's stupid because it kind of still happens now. Um, oh yeah, I remember that um recent beef with Baltimore. It was a rapping beef, Baltimore versus. DC. Yeah, I mean that that's some stuff. And they were just doing constant rap battles. You know that's some stuff that um. You know, kind of like goes back to uh, generational stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. you find yourself beefing. With with about stuff you don't even know why you beefing, and it's the dumbest thing in the world is to beef because of geographical location. You know, I'm I'm in Baltimore, so I'm beefing. Like just recently, like I don't know if y'all been watching this, but recently, you know, some dude from Baltimore been coming down to to DC, you know, trying to go at Glizzy Gang, and I mean, this is a bunch of immature, stupid shit. 
Mm-hmm. And I had to comment on that, you know, because the powers that be, they know who I am. So when I comment on stuff like that, they respect what I say. And I'm like, man, this is stupid. And, and you know, the DMV did not start and they come up with the, all these definitions. And I'm like, well, you can't come up with a definition for something you ain't had nothing to do with. Oh, the, the DMV don't go no further than the Metro. Who said that? Did I say that? Yeah, you hear that but because, hear that. you know, they wasn't around when it started. Like, we built this thing for artists. The, the DMV came from music. Music alone. Nothing else. We built this to, to unify people. That's okay. all we did it for. Mm-hmm. Right, so now I have a question. So when did this Baltimore not being a part of the DMV thing? Like, you know, that's been a debate for the last 20 years. And the thing about it is the ones that, that, that spearhead this debate are the ones who don't get, can't grasp what the DMV means, right? And the first thing they say is, right. I ain't from D.C., I ain't from Maryland, I, ain't, I mean, I ain't from D.C., I ain't from Virginia, I'm from Baltimore. Okay, okay. Where's Baltimore? In, In Maryland. Maryland. And here's the other sad part about it. For example, and I always use this analogy, if you're a business owner, right, and, and believe me, the DMV came on the basis of music and business. So if you're a business owner, right, and you're trying to grow your business or grow your brand, right, and let's say you got a convenience store, and would you want your convenience store just to be in Southeast, or would you want it to be a franchise? Franchise. And that's what the DMV is. It's a franchise. It's not, you know, uh, privy to one single area you know what i mean yeah and and, and so people yeah. come up with these definitions because they try to stay so hood oh, i'm wrapping my hood wrapping my hood okay look I, i'm i don't believe you because you wrapping something you don't even own you don't you don't own nothing in that hood but you wrapping the street we rapping music we want to bring talented artists from virginia and and I've had artists as far down as, as as Newport News, Virginia Beach. That's that's been on board with this. Doug, uh, shout out Dust Bone Z from Richmond. You know what I mean? Shout out Rain. You know people like that, and people as far as you know past Baltimore, Cyrus the Virus, Top Dog Hill, Hagerstown. You know all types of DJs and people from all over the area that that really looked at this and was like, you know, this is a good thing. It's just a little, you know, bad apples in a bunch that try to destroy it, but they can't. It's too powerful. Bunch of crabs in a bucket. Yeah, and that's what flesh. it is. And I'm like, listen, man, if you don't like it, okay, that's your reference. You don't have to. But this ain't about you. This ain't about me. You know, this is about, you know, this was about bringing artists together. And we achieved that. And so people going to sit by my like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, keep on talking. It's still wrong. Guess what? When you wake up in the morning, turn on the TV, what the weatherman going to say? It's funny in the what? DMV. DMV. And the weatherman don't know where it came from. 
He don't even want to take the time to educate no, listen, himself. No, I, I done been in the Washington Post. I done been on the. I was one of the first rappers on the cover of the Washington City paper. I done been in the Washington Times. You know, I done been in all kinds of uh, viable, uh, uh, solidified uh, publications talking about the same thing. And I'm like, man, it's not about me. People say, well, why you ain't trademark? Why the fuck would I? Why would I trademark something that I wanted everybody to use freely? Freely. Now you got all these platforms. You got DMV Hoods and News, DMV Life, DMV this, DMV that. But guess what? The biggest platform besides DMV Life is DMV Hoods and News. And guess what? And one, he know me. He know who I am. And I had a discussion with him before he actually knew who I was. And I had explained to him about the DMV so he won't fuck his platform up. Sorry for cursing. It's all good. We don't mind um, cursing or whatever. We've had um, podcasts and stuff like that where people literally talking about beating kids up in school. It's hey, all good. I mean, <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Like, if you really, if you if you business minded, you would take advantage of this. That's how many platforms yeah. and clothing lines and music artists came from this. So many. I mean, you could go on IG and just search DMV and see how much stuff come up. I searched our view and I, um, it came out with like the DMVLife.com. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's responsible for uh, naming Greater Washington the DMV? You seen that? You seen my pitch on that? Um, it was a fly. Yeah. Thing. That was me with the no beard. Collections of this one died before That's I wait. me. Uh, rated number one classic album in district, underground beast, hottest mixtape in the nation That's and overseas. Me. PTA explains why they why they number yeah. one in DMV. Uh, Grime and uh, Trathug are the they are back and ready. That's the flyer. That was the very very my bad very first DMV flyer that ever existed. You would not find a DMV flyer before that. Man, some people just don't like. I, I'm learning more as we talking about it, but this was five years ago. This was, really but that no, that was that was it. Probably was posted on Google five years ago. That that is yeah. over ten years ago, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, but I was—I mean, so I did it for. I can't say I because it wasn't just me. You know what I mean? It was other people. Shout out Dre all day because he played a big role in it. Two Face, a Wild Boy had ninety three point nine. He the first DJ on, on on mainstream radio that introduced it over the airways. And then Nicki Nicki Minaj Man, came. This Nicki Minaj reason. came in and, and, and said it. You know what I mean? While they said it, like all these, they took it to an international level. I started with it locally. But other people came in and took it to an international level. Mm -hmm. Matt, um, one thing I want to know is like how big will the DMV get in like, let's say like 100 oh, years? Man. 
you know. 2100, I mean, 2100. It's, it's going to be way bigger than what it is now because one thing about the DMV is self sustained. And when you have a lot of people speaking the same thing, even if they don't really understand it, but they're projecting that DMV moniker, it's, it's never going to die. We don't had uh, music movements that were good, right? Had good structure and everything, but they died out. This thing been around for already 20 years. And guess what? It's, it's popping up more and more and more and more and more. It's never going to go away. This is going to be until the end of the world. Which is crazy. Just the mat. Like, imagine somebody telling you this when you was younger. Like, you was going to create a moniker with, along with other people. You was going. You and your friends was going to create a moniker that the whole world. Knew. I, you know what? I'm gonna tell you. The, I'm gonna tell you some real, real spill here, man. When I started this, mm-hmm. see, I was a rapper. You know what I mean? I, I had, you know, I wasn't just a promoter. Or, I was, I, I touched every part of music, you know, except management. I was never a manager. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I had so much love for the music community. And I was like, we have to band together because what people don't realize is that we had to fight and this area in particular um, against Go-Go because I remember the first time I went to try to rent a club and they said no. And the reason why they said no was because I wasn't, we wasn't a Go-Go band. So it was like, we not going to make no money at the bar. And, and I'm telling you, as sad as I was and as much as that hurt, he was right. Because I learned as I became a promoter in all the shows, I threw hundreds of shows. I was, yeah, if you ever heard of the Crank Fest, that came from me, Go-Go came from me and i had crank fast once a year i had two three hundred people coming out to a rap show you know what i mean and that may not seem like a lot compared to a-list artists or whatever but in this area rappers don't you have shows they don't buy at the bar man you 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 know let me tell you something about renting a venue when you rent a venue you have certain different uh deals right you could either rent the whole club out for a certain price or you could do a, a cut deal with the venue. You could say, okay, what's your bar minimum? Okay, the club might say, well, our bar minimum is $1,500. You keep the door, the bar make $1,500, everything good. But at the end of the night, when nobody bought no drinks, you stuck with a $1,200 bill because all you all the bar made was $300. Guess who got to pay that $1,200? Me. You. I just spent $5,000 back in... What's this last year? Year before I did a birthday joint, a big chief off of New York Avenue. I made it free for everybody just so they could buy the bar. The bar minimum. That's how much the bar minimum was. Five okay. K. Guess who had to guess who had to take care of the rest of that bill at the end of the night? Me, because nobody bought a yep. bar. So that's the problem. Yep. And that's one of the things I was trying to fight against, you know, trying to, you know, come up with this. This stuff is that, man, listen, man, we got great artists in this area, man. We got great singers. We And I ain't talking about Go-Go. This is all rap and R&B, man. We got great singers. We got great artists. You know, it's, it's way more out there than, than Shy Glizzy and, and Trail and all of that, man. It's tons of great artists out here. But they don't get the shine. 
Bella, we get some money. We need to get our own club. You know what? You know what, Howie? I wouldn't even do it. Why not? Because I would I would be if I did that, I would be a solid investor. Because I think at this point in my life, man, I gave all I can give, man. And I sacrificed a lot in doing that. I sacrificed time. I was married at the time. I'm now divorced. Like I I, I sacrificed a whole lot for this rap game, man. I don't have anything else to sacrifice, man. So I would rather put my money into Bello Burn Hot Sauce and become a silent investor. But hands-on, everyday, meticulous stuff with that, I would not do. Understood. Man, how far are you planning on going in the hot sauce business? Man, billions? Trillions? Hey, man, only God knows. But I'll tell you this. My brand is trending across the country. Wait, what you say? I took everything that I learned in a rap game and I put it in this hot sauce. And I and I only started this like four or five months ago and already sold four to five hundred bottles. Mm. Across the country. Not just in the DMV. Across the country. And I got people that send me videos. And I mean, I got a hot sauce expert in Philadelphia that sent me a video. I got Dan Wilder, Wilder who's uh, AKA Two Face a Wild Boy who moved out of the area, he sent me an amazing review. You seen that? Like, it's it's growing, man. And music is my love. I'm always going to love music. Don't get me wrong. But I lost so much money in music that it's ridiculous. Just trying to look out for people. So now it's time for me to look out for myself. Yeah, that's understandable. Because music definitely a tricky game. Like, I've been sitting there watching my dad do stuff. And it's like, artists, it takes so much. No, you and your dad, Just, you know, we, we go way back. Like, you know, your dad know me. He know the struggle. He knew mm-hmm. what I was trying to do. And one thing I would say about your father, man, he always supported what I was doing. You know what I mean? And, you know, and, and, and that's it. But But at the same time, you know, I'm still going to do a festival once a year. It's personal, kid. Yeah, it's personal. But, Howard, to your point, though, I am doing a phone. music festival next year. No, that's not what it's for. But you know you've been to my, you've been to my house, so you know I got the land to do it. Where your father go? He on the phone. Well, let me know when he get back off so I can tell him that again. All right. Man, we got Samaria. Samaria. Sauce today. She cut my head off for Miss Manelsa her name. Samaria, how you doing? <laughs> Are you an artist? I'm great. Okay, listen, I, I need both of you guys to make sure that you follow me on IG. I'll follow you back. And... And anytime you guys need advice or want right. to talk to me, my, my line is open 24-7. All right. All right. I give uh, Samaria your number. Uh, so she yeah, can just, contact yeah. text me, Samaria, and send me your IG. I'll follow you back. And, you know, I want to hear your music. I want to hear what you got. Yeah, that's the plan. Because I, I got some connects, but I don't share my connects with just anybody. But if your music is, is good, then yeah, you know. 
I get you. I get you a little bit of uh, stepping stones. Yeah, she not like all these other female rappers that's just 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 rapping about their bodies and stuff. Well, like I hope not because if that's the case, then I'm definitely not doing nothing with you. You know, I'm definitely not doing nothing not. with you. I know female artists all over the DMV, Baltimore included, and they always hit me up like Bello, Bello, but no, man, you rapping about the same shit everybody else rapping about. I'm not. What's the difference? You sound the same. Exactly. You know what I mean? So let me ask y'all a question. Let me ask you a question, Samaria. What's your motivation as far as music? Um, well, for one, um, first, first, I used to... We just said get you another thing. Right? At first, I just thought I like... Oh. I said, not, let me get my words right. I said, well, at first, I just love music because it was a family thing. Both of my parents were musicians, and outside of the family, we knew more musicians. So it was just like a family thing. But then I just grew to love music as my own because music was like my way of like writing down my insecurities and then like actually like letting other people know that just because like I actually look like I have confidence, there's more than. There's more than like I don't really have any confidence in what you think, and I'm letting and I'm trying to let other girls know my age that it's normal. Mm -hmm. Things that you go through, it's normal. The way your body looks, it's normal. Like, like girls, like girls with big thighs, they will also have back rows. They'll also have a stomach. They'll have mm -hmm. arms. Like that's normal. Not, not nat naturally fit girls don't have. Well, some do, but not. But like it's not normal. I'm not gonna say it's normal, but it's not accurate for like the average thick girl to have thighs, butt, boobs, but no stomach, mm -hmm. no rolls, small arms. So you so you the so you the catalyst for naturalism. Pretty hey, that's much. you know, and, and I commend you for that because you know, like I said before earlier, you know, the industry is set up where you got these people that don't even listen to rap and they're making millions and they'll take somebody like Megan. Megan can't rap, by the way. Like, she's terrible. Hold on, I couldn't hear that. Oh, no, wait a minute. Who was that? Was that you, Samari? Say that again. Mm, that wasn't me. Uh, it wasn't me. Hold on, my bad. Um, Say what you said again. I couldn't hear that. Oh, who who said that? Oh, that wasn't me. It, it was somebody in my background. Oh, my bad. If they want to say it, bring them up so I can hear what they're saying. I can't hear what they're saying. Yeah, that was um. Yeah, they was talking about something completely oh, different. Okay. It was just they. I was trying to remove myself from what they was talking oh, about. Oh, good. Well, what I was saying was, you know, Megan Megan can't rap, but Megan got a body, and that's what and that's the problem with hip hop. You know, just because you got a body, don't mean I should listen to you. I'm listening to you for content, not for how you look. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's um, you know her uh newest song that came out. I hate it. There's literally no actual lyricism in it. Like you rap for like a bar, if if at least two, not even sixteen bars. And then the main part of the story, I mean, main part of the rap is twerking and then uh, saying body yaddy. Like, there's no lyricism in there at all. Well, you know what? What did I say earlier? Yeah, rap is the devil, what man. Do, what, do, what, do I, what did I say about the powers that be? It leads you down that. People sitting thinking it's good for you. It's not about. It's not about educating. It's, it's about degradation. Mm-hmm. No, let's take for example, city girls. Right. Mm-hmm. They can't rap if you ask me, because I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm a hip hop head. Like I can spit. I spit bars. Like I but. I, I know rap. I know how to spit bars, double entendres, triple entendres, all that. But again, it's about keeping people dumb. So, city girls, they'll spit all that stuff about pussy, 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 and all, all the people that a lot of uneducated, I ain't gonna say it, all the uneducated people, some don't, but even educated people, they, they listen to it because they're not really listening to, they're not listening for something to gain. They listening because it makes them dance or it makes them feel good. You know what I mean? I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. something, man. As a rapper, as an artist, like, I hate yeah. that shit. Like, I don't like it. Like, I don't, you know, I hear that shit, I turn it off. I'm like, no, I don't hate that shit. Yeah, I got in trouble with some of my classmates for dissing the new rappers that's coming out and saying they all sound the same. What they do? Exactly, exactly. Like people, they be sitting there swearing up and down. No, they don't. You sound different. They literally rapping about the same thing. Their voices are nearly identical. None of them have any diversity. Like they could be, they could rap different, but their the genre of which they're not the genre, but the topic of which they're rapping about is it's always going to be the same, man. And they'll deny and be like, no, you rapping about something different, bro. He doing something different. He, you don't know him, bro. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I listen to, I listen to the same songs. And then what messed me up even more is when they recommend a song and it's trash. You know why? You ever heard the phrase, there's nothing new under the sun? Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. My dad's for you. Ain't nothing new under the sun. Everything done already. Yeah, but um, what was it? So I um, rest in peace, the Rod Wave. One of my classmates showed me a song. And it, that song was so trash. I don't know why they recommended. It. And so, Rod yeah. Wave oh no, not dead. He, he, no, not Rod Wave. Uh, what's the dude name? God. My bad. Not nah, 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 nah. Just like... nah. Recently died. Future. Future. Oh, thanks. Future ain't done either. Nah, nah, nah. 
His name King Vaughn, my bad. King People Vaughn. be overhyping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my friend oh. recommended a song to me from him. The song was absolutely trash. And so based off that one song, I was like, bro, this dude cannot rock and roll. And so <laughs> my sister, for real, when my sister played a song for me about him, it was like, um, like uh, it was a different song. I was like, all right, well, he can rap, but he still sound like everybody else. So, I mean, but you know when when something tragic happens to somebody, man, everybody say, that, oh, they the best. There's everybody quotes something. A lot of times they do that and never even listen to the dude's music, man. This one I was talking to is a dollar. Like, I mean, you could look at Nipsey, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people ain't listening to Nipsey, but now all of a sudden Nipsey is like the the the, the Jesus Christ of rap. Like, and you know, it's unfortunate what happened to the brother, but you know, it's a lot of fake people out here just riding off that coattail. And I'm like, nah, y'all don't need to ride. Y'all should have. Y'all should have supported that man when he was alive. Yeah, I, I still haven't listened to Nipsey, so yeah. my dad's the one who put me on the end. It is what it is. But that's what it is, man. A prophet is without honors in his own home. And if you understand that, you'll understand life. Facts. You know what I mean? And that's the problem. You got a lot of a lot of rappers that all their friends. Oh yeah, that's crack, that's crack, that's crack, that's crack. No, you know when it's crack? When people that don't know you tell you that. Facts. Not your friends, not your family, when, not your mother, not, not your father. When it's a total stranger, be like, man, that joint, man, that joint like that. That's when you know you own a son. Right. But a lot of artists, they take, they take the you know advice from people that's close to them. Of course they're gonna tell you that. Because real, real men, real men and real women don't have yes men and yes women. I hang around some of the some of the toughest OGs you'll ever know, man. Killers and everything that we form their life. And they not going to agree with everything that I say. You around, if you around people that agree with everybody you say, you need to change your friends. Right. And bro, I'm about to go rob a bank. Yeah, go do you, man. Right. Yeah. No, but a real G gonna tell you, yeah, you, you you ready to do that eight years? More than that, if they kill people. Yeah, you, I mean, if you just rob a bank, that's eight years minimum on federal time. You ready to do that eight years? So who gonna say you can't team? What you, what's up, Holmes? That's what a real G gonna tell you. They gonna be like, yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's the problem. And it's the same in music. You put out a song, man, you wouldn't believe. I Trust me, man. I listen to a lot of music, man, because I know a lot of people, and a lot of people post their stuff, and I listen to it. I'm like, all right, all right. It's all right. <laughs> you know, but then they home, it's like, yeah, that thing fire, that thing like that. Man. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, um, no. And then when you tell them the truth, they think you a hater. Yeah, that's, that's the way they look at it, you know. It's a total difference from being a hater and giving somebody criticism. I wouldn't have became the artist that I am even when I decided to do music had I not had adversity and had people say, man, you know, Bello, man, that's an eye, bro. But, you know, and I take that as constructive. It's a difference between constructive criticism and hate. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I hear some, uh, you know, song, I'll be like, man, yeah, that's an eye, man, but. In my opinion, man, I think you should have maybe cut it down to 12 bars a verse. Or maybe you should have built up to the hook. 
you know, maybe should have had a drop or a break in it. You know what I mean? Your cadence is off. Like you, you're not riding a beat like you should. You know what I mean? Like your, your subject, your content is not, it's not relative. Like you all over the place. You know, like shit like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right. So this going to lead to my next question because we don't rap. What's your opinion on uh, Eminem's newest album? On who? Eminem's newest album. You know, I haven't had an actual chance to listen to the album yet because he just dropped it. And, you know, you know, Eminem is at a point in his career where he could just drop stuff and nobody knows about it. Like, he don't have mm-hmm. to do any promo because he's at the, he's at, he's at the that, that stage of career. But I will say this, you know, and, I, and I've seen a lot of, you know, posts about Eminem. And, you know, the thing about hip hop is, man, hip hop was, you know, started off as a social conscious movement. You know, mm-hmm. if anybody understands. You know, it was it was a social conscious yeah. movement. You started off with like Africa Bambada, DJ Cool Herc, you know, uh, uh, you know people like that, Curtis Blow, Public Enemy, you know, Run DMC, like you know Molly Mall, you know people like that. And as it evolved, you know, and then his, and before I say that, a lot of people always talk about you know hip hop is black on black on black on to a degree, yes, but. Russell Simmons had a white partner who built Def Jam, you know what I mean, in the early beginning, early days. So it's, it's really not a racial, a racial thing. So when Eminem came along, you know, real true hip-hop heads respect that man's lyrical ability. People who are, you know, uh, reverse racism, you know, black people didn't want this white guy to be so great. But guess what? This white guy came from some of the same conditions that we came from. It just so happened to be that he was white. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But nobody in the world, why would why would one of the best producers of all time take a chance on a white guy? Dr. Dre. You know what I mean? So when he came in the game, you know, I, when I first heard Eminem, I'm like, oh, man, this nigga spitting like a motherfucker, right? So to this day, you cannot take nothing from Eminem, man. That guy is a lyrical beast. You remember when Machine Gun Kelly went at him? Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like MGK won that battle. Nah, no, no, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. Kill shot, kill shot didn't hit. No, no, the no. Surprise! This no. he did. If he did that no. again, he would have been. Well, look, no if he no won doubt. the battle, why he never responded? He never huh? responded to Eminem's diss track. That's you know why? Because listen, one thing about MJ MGK is that first of all, mm-hmm. he was happy that Eminem even mentioned him. That's the reason why he was popping bottles in the bathroom. Eminem killed that boy on that on that track, man. He killed him. Not on Kill Shot. Oh, on the on the album. Look, Kill, on kill, album shot, kill shot was slight. Yeah. It was like it was good, but it was basically him responding to everything. Man, listen, people need but to leave the album he did, and like what he did the um little verse mm-hmm. on him. If he did that for an entire song, easy. listen, just people need to leave Eminem alone because Eminem is a monster. This ratchet, he's a monster. Period. Point blank. And I don't care what nobody say. MGK is not on that level. He, I don't know if he ever That's will fair. be, but. Lyrically, he's not there. That's he's fair. not there. Now he could take his shots, 
at Eminem all he want. And the reason why, when you get to that level, people take shots at you is because it's like clickbait. Like Eminem says, clickbait. Like you want people to click on something that's totally different than what you intended it to be. So MGK is never, like, come on, he ain't in the same sentence as Eminem. Period. And I'm telling you, Eminem, man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, he's not my idol or nothing like that. I don't have no idols, but I, but I know music. And that dude, that dude is a monster. Straight up. It's almost like Beanie Siegel, who's a monster in his own right, but never really got the acclimates. You know what I mean? Beans, Beans mm -hmm. is a monster. You know what I mean? Like like Jada. Jada's a monster. You know what I mean? And when Jada, you know how Beans Beans really, really, really got his got his footing in the business? Cause to be honest, I don't know who that Beanie is. Beanie Siegel, man. Beanie Siegel. Beanie Siegel, man. Rockefeller. Look it up. Yeah, I'm looking him up now. Oh, no, no, no. I, I know who he is. I, I just ain't recognize his name. Bean, I know man. who he is. Jada put out something with the locks and, you know what I mean, and, and uh, you know, he mentioned something. So, Bean's, Bean's battle. Now, you know, back in those days, man, nobody wasn't trying to battle Jada Kiss or the locks because the locks was just crazy. That's like M.O.P. You know what I mean? Like, this, this is historical hip-hop I'm talking about. Hip-hop always started off, you know, you know, let me ask you this then. What mm -hmm. what was the what was the foundation or the premise? I don't really know. Okay, I'm glad because you because because you're here to learn. All right mm -hmm. now, let me tell you, hip hop. You know, you ever heard the term MC? Yeah. What, what is the MC? Mm -hmm. uh, um. Right. Yeah. Somebody that so what controls the, the party. So before hip hop even formed. You had DJs that were often called MCs. The MC controlled the party. Throw your hands up, wave it in the air like just don't care, stuff like that. Right? And then it formulated into rap. Now, there's a movie way back in the days, and this is one of the movies that inspired me to rap when I was a kid. It's called Rapping. And guess who's in the rapping? Who, who, who's in the movie? Who's starring the movie? Mario yeah. Van Peebles. Mario Ram Peebles played a rapper that came home from jail and started rapping. My life. Look it up. Rapping. His name was John Rapping Hood in the movie. And then you had movies like Breaking, you know, Beat Street, Crush Groove, things like that. Then you had Run DMC in 1984-85 came out with a 12-inch 12, a 12 vinyl uh, walk this way with Aerosmith. Then you had artists like uh, Houdini, Big Daddy Kane, Special Ed. You know what I mean? Rob Bass. Back in the days when we had this thing called the box, which was a cable uh, uh, box hooked up to your TV. You could play music videos all day. But before that, we had Candy Shannon Friday night videos every Friday night. So in terms of Eminem, let that man be the goat that he is, man. That man is a monster. I am just letting you know. I ain't like his. But dog. I mean, it's okay, and that's the good thing about music. You don't have to like it. 
Ain't that mm-hmm. right? I, I like all. But the, that's all cool. I don't like all the Eminem songs. I would skip some mm-hmm. of them because I don't like. I don't like all the Jay Z songs. I would skip some of them. I don't like any. Uh, I, I have never had artists. A list or B list or D list or C list that I will listen to every song and like it, bro. I don't even like some of my shit. That's tough. <laughs> I'm trying to think of an artist who's like the most songs that I've listened to. I don't know. For me, I think the most artists I, I ever listened to. It's probably to not even. You know, I came up on the gangster shit. So, you know, NWA was like NWA, Easy, IQ, MC Ran. MC8, King T, you know, people like that. I never really listened to Too Short. I never really liked Too Short. I never really liked E-40. You know what I mean? I never really liked like, that type of music. Like, but N.W.A. and all that, that that posse, CMW, Compass Most Wanted, you know, stuff like that. And then on the New York side, like Big Daddy Kane, you know, a little couple of special edge joints, a little couple of uh, one-hit wonders from Rob Bass and, you know, and Biggie, like I was never really a Biggie fan or a Pop fan. All right, um, this is the last question before we end. We've been going for a little while. Um, could you do a little freestyle for us? <laughs> yeah. All right, I could do a freestyle. You give me a top. I tell you what, I'll make it difficult for you. Give me a top mm-hmm. and then I'm a freestyle one. School. Samaria, you give right, me a school. topic too. Wait, hold on. Uh, you, what'd you say? Spirit. School school and spirit. I'm all right, I'm gonna do school first, or I might combine the two. Okay. And can a god I never learn really nothing? ABCs on the table, the teacher was fronting, but I stayed in school all the way through the seventh grade. And if I kept going, I probably would be made. But if I dropped out, I probably wouldn't gave all my life to do something I really want to make. But I made it up and I faded up like a J with a 23 on my back, like I'm ready to play school. Man, got a little sign. All right, what'd you say, spirits? All right, yeah. All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. The principalities of the air, the demonic spirits. They hear my voice in my heart, but I ain't trying to hear it. The devil coming to me in my nightmares, trying to scare me. But God got my back, so I dare he try to take over my soul, take control. But I'm going to roll like on a roll. But I said it twice because it means so much. But the demons in the front, where I'm at, in the back with the demons with a hatchet to my neck, trying to put their knee on my neck like Foreman, Floyd, Lloyd, and all the ones that died from the boys' spirit. See, that's the that's difference between a rapper that can write and a rapper that can write and spit on point. You know what I mean? And that's something that you as an artist have to learn because it's good to write. It's good to sit back and write. But if somebody puts you on the spot, you better be ready to spit it. And I don't care how stupid it sounds. Rapping, freestyling, it's about thinking ahead. You got to be able to think ahead fast. Mm -hmm. 
And when you think ahead, you're already thinking ahead of what you're going to say before it come out your mouth. You know what I mean? And when you master that, it makes you a better writer. Yeah. Take notes, everybody. Take notes. And that's a, that's straight facts. This, this has been one of the most inspirational um, podcasts we've ever had. Um, we've had so many people on, but this one right here, most inspirational and most informative to just life in general, from spirituality, school, um, DMV, Monica, all of that. Hopefully, you guys all enjoy. Thank you guys Thank for you having for coming me. on. Okay, yes. Mr. Bello. Oh, and hold on. Endeavors. Before y'all go, make sure y'all visit Bello Burn, B-E-L-L-O Burn.com. Get that good hot sauce on Mother Sauce on deck. Oh, yeah, because we definitely, me and my dad, we definitely got and make sure I get y'all uh, All right. Thanks for coming on. Anytime, See you later. To future endeavors and yes, that spicy hot sauce. One love. Have a nice day.